What's going on, everyone? I'm your host, JT. Back to you guys with another episode of the JT Sports Podcast. On this episode, I'm going to be talking about Saquon Barkley's contract extension, what's going on with the latest negotiations between him and the New York Giants, Bruce Arians, a report has came out that he is extremely unhappy with what's going on with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and there was a major coach of the year snub that we are going to discuss and I'm probably going to rant about it before we get into it if you haven't already make sure that you check out the JT Sports podcast available on all podcasting platforms Apple Google Spotify Amazon wherever you get your podcasts from you can find the JT Sports podcast make sure to follow me on all of my social media platforms especially on Twitter you can follow me on Twitter at JT Sports underscore underscore. I plan on hosting some spaces. For those of you guys who don't know what Twitter spaces are, it's basically like a live group chat or a big group call and everybody, like a huge amount of people can talk and it's just a good place for discussion. So I plan on getting a couple of those going. So make sure that you follow me on Twitter at JT sports underscore underscore. And you can find me on Instagram at JT sports underscore Saquon Barkley. He ran for over 1300 rushing yards. He had 10 touchdowns and we know what he did in the passing game for the New York Giants. And we know what Saquon means to the New York Giants franchise, okay? When you think of the New York Giants, the first player that probably comes to mind is Saquon Barkley. This dude is a beast. And he wants $16 million a year. You know, nothing crazy, just a Christian McCaffrey-like deal. And I think he is deserving of that kind of money he is the most talented running back in the NFL when he is healthy and when you push back against that and you say well JT he has a extensive injury history does he really he missed all of 2020 due to that injury that he sustained he came back in 2021 he played in 13 games and although he wasn't himself Sometimes it takes a player a year to completely bounce back from their injury when they return. Saquon Barkley this season was arguably one of the best running backs or the best running back in the NFL. And if you take into account the situation that Christian McCaffrey had with a better offensive line, imagine Saquon Barkley running behind the offensive line of the San Francisco 49ers. Saquon Barkley, if you take him off the New York Giants playoff team, well, the team that just made the playoffs this year, right? You take him off that team, do they make the playoffs? Who are the other weapons that the New York Giants have other than Saquon? You have Darius Slayton, Richie James, Isaiah Hodgins, Daniel Jones, do the Giants make it to the postseason without Saquon? I don't think they do. Reportedly, the New York Giants during their bye week offered Saquon Barkley a $12 million extension, and he turned it down. Of course, New York Giants fans are going to say, well, he should have took that. That was a team-friendly deal. He has a history of injuries, and even if, you do have concerns with injuries. I mean, 
this is a world that we live in that is what have you done for me lately and what saquon has done lately is play like arguably the best running back in the nfl he's the most talented running back in the nfl if we're just going off pure talent athleticism and skill set who is the other running back in the league who rivals saquon barkley and skills probably christian mccaffrey that's about it you look at the highest paid running backs in the league right now christian mccaffrey he's making 16 mil and right behind them is Ezekiel Elliott. And right there, if you're the New York Giants, your contract negotiations automatically start at $15 million. That's what Ezekiel Elliott's making. And Saquon Barkley is way better than Zeke. And even if you want to say, JT, that's a bad contract. Okay, Alan Kamara, he's making $15 million a year. Even though Saquon is better than Alvin Kamara, there isn't a huge gap between those players. There is a gap, but it's not as big as a gap between Saquon and Ezekiel Elliott. But even then, Saquon should be making more than Alvin Kamara. So wherever the contract negotiations begin, it should start at $15 million if you're Saquon, and then you work your way up. Dalvin Cook is getting 12.6 mil. Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb, Aaron Jones, Joe Mixon, those group of running backs are getting $12 million or around that. Saquon Barkley getting an offer of $12 million. I understand or I get why the Giants front office would first start off at that number. That's where the majority of the elite running backs are getting paid. But Saquon Barkley has a way more versatile skill set then those running backs making $12 million a year. Nick Chubb and Aaron Jones and Joe Mixon, they don't have the skill set that Saquon does. Let's not also forget that Saquon Barkley, like Christian McCaffrey, is one of the freakiest running backs in the league. He is the key to a championship team. If the New York Giants don't want to pay him, I'm pretty sure there are other teams that will be more than willing to pay Saquon Barkley. You put Saquon Barkley on the Buffalo Bills, that's dangerous. Him and Josh Allen in that backfield, and then with the Buffalo Bills, they improve that offensive line. They may have the most talented offense in the league. And another argument that people might use to push against Saquon Barkley getting paid what he wants is well JT he's a running back running backs have a short lifespan they're easily replaceable you are right about that but Saquon Barkley is a exception same thing with Christian McCaffrey these guys are so talented at the running back position that they're good enough to have an impact that could get you over the hump these are missing championship pieces. If the 49ers never trade for Christian McCaffrey, do they still make it to the NFC Conference Championship game? Saquon Barkley, even though he's a running back, I don't think you can equate his value to the traditional value of a running back. And even then, there are plenty of running backs who are still doing fine after getting contract extensions there's this misconception that once you pay a running back or you give him a contract extension he turns into Ezekiel Elliott that's not true 
the majority of the best running backs in the league right now all have contract extensions. Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb, Aaron Jones, Joe Mixon. All those guys are playing with new contracts. None of those guys are playing on their rookie deals. So this narrative that people continue to push for why you shouldn't pay a running back because he's unreliable. There are plenty of running backs right now that are producing on new contracts. There are plenty of running backs in the past that have produced on new contracts. Hall of Fame caliber running backs have produced on new contracts. Saquon Barkley wants $16 million a year. He should get that. Saquon Barkley is arguably the most talented back in the league. The only back that you can make the argument for being as talented or more talented than Saquon is CMC. So even if the New York Giants don't want to reset the market, that might be a reason why they may be hesitant. They don't want to reset the market and severely overpay and not be able to address other positions. But even then, when it comes down to paying Saquon Barkley, I think that he is the best player on the New York Giants roster. He's a focal point of that offense. I think he should be our priority. I think that he should get whatever he wants. That, you know, find a way to make it reasonable. Find a way to make it team-friendly. You don't tell a player to make their deal team-friendly. That's not their job. It's the people who's giving him the deal to find a way to make it team-friendly and to make and to find a way to make it so they can have cap space to sign other players. At the end of the day, Saquon Barkley is worth being the highest paid running back in the league. Well, JT, we got to pay Daniel Jones. If it comes down to Saquon or Daniel Jones, I'm paying Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley is the arguably the best running back in the league. Daniel Jones is a based off his performance this season. I'll say he's a top 15 quarterback. I won't say he's a top 17 or top 20. I think based on what he did this year, he played at the top 15 level. But at the end of the day, though, you can find other top 15 worthy quarterbacks. You could replace Daniel Jones with Derek Carr and may not even notice outside of Derek Carr not having the same athleticism that Daniel Jones has and you lose that element in the run game. But I'm pretty sure you can find some replacements for Daniel Jones with Brian Dable being as good as a offensive mind as what he is. He'll elevate that quarterback. Saquon Barkley, I think he should be our priority. He wants $16 million a year. Allegedly, the Giants offered them $12 million. He turned that down. So what do you guys think about the ongoing contract negotiations between Saquon and the New York Giants? Let me know down in the comment section down below. Bruce Arians, when he stepped down the following offseason before the 2022 season kicked off, he ended up giving the keys to Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles and company, they came in. They didn't really make no changes on the coaching staff. They wanted to have the same coaching staff that Bruce Arians had when he was coaching for the Buccaneers. So there could be an easier transition and there could be more continuity. Well, the Buccaneers season, we saw the way that it went. It was a disaster. Tom Brady didn't look like himself. 
He looked like Tom Horrific, not the Tom Terrific that we have been accustomed to seeing for so many years. And then Todd Bowles cleans house. And according to this report, in April last year, when Bruce Arian stepped down and took the front office job and Todd Bowles became the head coach, in this quote, Bruce Arian said that I control the narrative right now. Bruce Arians explained to Peter King after stepping down, I don't control it next February because if Brady gets hurt, we go 10 and 7, and it's an open interview for the job. I got 31 coaches and their families that depend on me. My wife is big on not letting all those families down. Bruce Arians wanted to keep those coaches to make sure that they still had a way to provide for their families. Not just the fact that he wanted continuity, even though that also was a factor in a decision to keep everybody there when they first made the decision to promote Todd Bowles from within. But then after the season ends, Todd Bowles gets rid of all those guys. And now those guys are searching for jobs and they're trying to find ways to provide for their families. And this has Bruce Arians really upset. People who have interacted with Bruce Arians or allegedly are close to him have said that he isn't happy about these recent staff moves, according to this report. And also this report says that Bruce Arians spent this past season, 2022, you know, that front office role that he was promoted to. Well, they say that it was just a made-up front office job, furthering the perception that he was forced out, not that he chose to walk away. Interesting. With his contract now expired, Bruce Arians could go anywhere he wants. Now, he probably won't be a head coach. He hasn't popped up in no head coaching conversations. Maybe he ends up taking a executive job for another organization. Maybe he goes back to Arizona. Even though they do have a new general manager in there, he is big on leadership. And I think having Bruce Arians in Arizona, having him in the building around Kyler Murray, that could be beneficial for them. I think Bruce Arians, you put him on a organization that has a Super Bowl caliber pedigree. Maybe you put him wherever Sean Payton lands. But I just think that Bruce Arians has a lot of insight. And according to this report, it kind of shows how big of an impact Bruce Arians really had on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Many people make it seem as if Tom Brady was fully accountable for the Buccaneers winning that Super Bowl. They act like he was the foundation of that whole operation. And even though he kind of was, Bruce Arians still was the gel or the glue that held everything together. You saw how the Buccaneers performed against the Cincinnati Bengals. They had five consecutive turnovers at one point in the third quarter, allowing Cincinnati to come back. This team very often this past season looked very unprepared. They got outcoached every time they played a good team. Hell, they got outcoached even sometimes when they played average teams. They struggled to beat Trace McSorley. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers right now, it doesn't look like this franchise is heading in the right direction. And Bruce Arians being extremely unhappy with what's going on in Tampa Bay, 
I don't blame them. Can you blame them? You fans aren't even happy with what's going on. Shoot, a lot of you guys still think that Tom Brady is the jail that's going to keep Tampa Bay running. And it's not. No matter how great Tom Brady is, he can't overcome his team. He can't overcome bad coaching. He can't overcome lackluster offensive line play along with having to overcome the opposing defense. Tom Brady might not return. And Bruce Arians might not return neither. So you're going to lose the two main cogs that help you win the Super Bowl. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, things are looking good right now. And Bruce Arians, you're not happy. And a lot of Tampa Bay Buccaneers fans, I promise you, they aren't happy neither. The NFL Honors is a award show that occurs before the Super Bowl. And they announced the finalists for all the awards, MVP, Offensive Rookie of the Year, Defensive Rookie of the Year, all that. And then we get the Coach of the Year. Brian Dable, understandable. He definitely probably should win this award. Sean McDermott with the Buffalo Bills. Uh, okay. Doug Peterson, Jacksonville. Okay. Kyle Shanahan with the 49ers, understood. Nick Sariani with the Philadelphia Eagles, not going to complain about that. But you know who is missing from this list? Hmm, let's see. What team was projected to have the number one overall pick after they traded their longtime franchise star quarterback to the Denver Broncos? What team had a over-under win total of five and a half going into this season, and ended up making it to the playoffs. Oh, it's the Seattle Seahawks. Pete Carroll should be a finalist for this award. And not only should Pete Carroll be a finalist award, a finalist for this award, but he probably should win it or split it with Brian Dable. Nobody expected the New York Giants and the Seattle Seahawks to have the success that they did. These were two of the best stories in the NFL. The New York Giants were pretty much working with scrap pieces. Brian Dable, he went to the New York Giants. He was inherited a team that wasn't all that talented, but he was able to make the most of it. Good example of why coaching in the NFL matters. Many people just overlook coaching and they just pay attention to who has who at quarterback and who has the most talented rosters. And that's why a lot of people get their preseason record predictions wrong. My preseason record prediction for the New York Giants, I think I had them at seven wins. But I had them at 10 wins if Dayon Jones played at a serviceable level and he did. Brian Dable should win the award along with Pete Carroll because the same thing can be said about Pete Carroll. Hell, many people expected Seattle to possibly be worse. We was thinking that this was going to be Pete Carroll's last hurrah. We were thinking that Pete Carroll might retire or he might get fired. Nobody believed in Geno Smith. Be honest, you wrote off Geno Smith. You were just like me before the season, making jokes about their quarterback situation. Drew Locke and Geno Smith. Who would have thought that Geno Smith would have been a pro bowler? Pete Carroll is not only just running a rehabilitation facility over there at Seattle, but he also is doing a good job of developing 
the young players that they draft. The Seattle Seahawks had the best draft class of any team last year. All their rookies have produced at a really high level. They had two phenomenal rookie tackles. Even though their play kind of dwindled down the stretch, they still played really well. Tariq Woolen, Kobe Bryant, a phenomenal rookie cornerback tandem. And I'm pretty sure there's some other rookies that they have on defense that I can't think of. Boye Mafe, a pass rusher that they have. He was really good. We can't forget about K-9. He probably should end up winning offensive rookie of the year. Pete Carroll did a fantastic job. And it's really surprising that he was left off the list of being the finalist for coach of the year when, in all honesty, he should probably be winning this award with Brian Dable. They can split it. They split the awards in the past. They've had like a co-MVP. I don't see no reason why they can't have a co-coach of the year, Brian Dable and Pete Carroll. Nobody expected these two teams to even make it to the postseason, let alone even have more than four or five wins. If you would have told me back in August that Seattle was going to make it to the playoffs, even as a seven seed, I would have laughed. I would have laughed at you, and I would have been so bold and cocky that I would have told you, put some money on it. I would have been maybe confident enough to tell you to put $500 on it or a really large amount. That's how much I didn't believe that Seattle was going to have the season that they had. Pete Carroll showed everybody why he's still one of the best coaches in the league, and for a very long time, the narrative about Pete Carroll has kind of been, well, if it wasn't for Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll wouldn't still have a job. Hmm. Pete Carroll, who would you replace who would you put on this list? Or who would you replace for Pete Carroll on this list? I'll give you an easy answer. Sean McDermott. Sean McDermott should not be on this list. The Buffalo Bills did not exceed expectations. The coaches who should be finalists for coach of the year should be the coaches who exceeded expectations, not coaches who met expectations. We expected Buffalo to be as good as what they were during the regular season. And even though these awards aren't determined by postseason success, these awards are determined by regular season performance. I'm not including the Buffalo Bills losing to Cincinnati in the postseason. I'm just talking about during the regular season, they didn't do anything that we didn't expect. Will JT, we lost Von Miller. Okay, and you telling me that losing Von Miller and having the season that you did was more impressive than what Pete Carroll and Brian Dable did? Stop it. You're you're being biased if you're saying that. Just stop the be stop the bias. Stop the bias. Stop it. Okay. You know and I know that Pete Carroll and Bryant Dable should both be finalists for this award. The coach of the year should be awarded to the coach who exceeds expectations. And these two coaches exceeded expectations and then some. They were doing, I'm not going to say that, I'm not going to say that, but they were doing some really good work. Pete Carroll is able to rehabilitate guys' careers. It's kind of similar to what Bill Belichick did or used to be able to do 
a couple of years back. He used to take these old guys off the street who it looked like their careers were done. And he was able to squeeze some juice out of them. It was kind of a little bit nostalgic when they first signed Malcolm Butler. I was hoping that it would work. Sad that it didn't. But Doug Peterson, you also can make an argument for him. Okay, he did a he did a really good job as well. Nobody was really expecting too much from Jacksonville other than me. And everybody laughed when I said that the Jaguars are going to win the AFC, the AFC South. Nick Sariani, Kyle Shanahan, you have to put those guys on here. Because even though Kyle Shanahan, you can say, well, JT, you're saying that Sean McDermott didn't really exceed expectations. He met expectations. Kyle Shanahan did the same thing. Yeah, but... At the same time, he did this with a rookie quarterback for the majority of the season and two other quarterbacks as well. Not to mention, the 49ers had other injuries that they had to deal with also during the season. So that whole argument for keeping Sean McDermott on this list, no, he should not be on this list. He should not be a finalist for this award. Kyle Shanahan still was able to exceed expectations because once... Jimmy Garoppolo went down. Most people were asking, are the 49ers Super Bowl hopes done? And let's be honest, you didn't think that they would be able to get this far with a un, with a almost undrafted quarterback? Brock Purdy was Mr. Relevant. He was the last pick of the draft. So for the 49ers, the success they had was really unexpected during the regular season for them to be as good as what they were with the Seventh round, Mr. Relevant, now Mr. Relevant, Brock Purdy. Nick Sariani, the Eagles, let's be honest, people expected them to be as good as what they were, but not everybody. It was kind of a split, it was kind of a split majority. There were some people who were still on the fence about if Jalen Hurts would take that next step as a passer. There were some people like me who still had some reservations about Nick Sariani. So I don't think that everybody expected Philly to be as good as what they have been. Nick Sariani, you probably can say that he exceeded expectations also. And they probably are the one of the biggest stories in the league because they are the most talented team in the league top to bottom they have one of the best pass rushes in the history of the game they have 70 sacks on the year that's top five all time for total sacks in the season by a team top five or top three can't remember that statistic off the top of my head this is it for this episode of the jt sports podcast if you enjoyed this episode make sure that you like comment subscribe to the channel we upload nfl and college football content daily listen to the jt sports podcast every video and episode that is uploaded on the channel is available in audio format on all podcasting platforms apple google spotify amazon wherever you get your podcast from you can find the jt sports podcast if you enjoyed this episode rate us five stars Share this podcast with your friends, family members, and acquaintances. And I will see you guys shortly with another episode of the JT Sports Podcast.